It's me, Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen. This is the podcast where we talk all about food, plant-based food, non-plant-based food, and everything in between. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share, and subscribe. I hope you're hungry, as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Harry Turpin, the founder of The Savorists. Harry is a real entrepreneur from the very beginning. Even at uni, he was creating student events at the union, so he's always had that bug for creating a brand. In this episode, we hear his story about coming up with a savoury snack bar, the first on the market. We also not only discuss his journey to the savorists, but also the snack bar category with their hidden sugars and the rarity of finding something both nutritious and delicious. We also discuss the behind the scenes of Harry's experience on Dragon's Den, which must be the most nerve-wracking experience ever, let alone going there with the product that was about to change. There is so much in this episode, I could have literally kept chatting to Harry for at least another hour, and I'm so excited about what's to come for the savorists. So I think you're going to love this. Let's jump straight in. So I'm really, really excited today to be joined by Harry Turpin, the founder of The Savorists, which is one of the brands we now recently stock at Greedy Vegan. So firstly, Harry, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really, really good. So to start off this, I always ask some people some quick fire questions just to get everyone to know a bit more about you. Cool. So pizza or pasta? Oh, pizza. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Oh, that's <laughs> Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Oh, juicy burger. Yeah. Rice or noodles? Noodles. Cook in or eat out? Oh, probably eat out. Yeah. I don't know. It's a hard one. Yeah, in yeah, London, yeah. we've got a lot of choice, haven't we? But yeah. I think, yeah. And your favourite delivery? Ooh, favourite delivery, probably Wagamama's. Good one. Yeah, no one said that one yet. I lo- I'm, a, I'm a fan of Wagamama's. Yeah. Or Pizza Express. I'm an old school boy. So Yeah, Pizza Express. Like, is, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. But Wagamama's, I like, yeah, that's a good one. So to start off with, um, for those who are listening who don't know who the Savorists are, talk about who you are and also how you got to the Savorists. Because I have done a little bit of research and I have read a bit about your journey before and who you worked for before yep. and I found it quite interesting that you mentioned that you kind of had a bit of an itch that you just needed to kind of like go up and just sort it out yeah so yeah talk about that yeah absolutely so uh the savorous is a savory snacking business that focuses on bringing delicious savory snacks to the masses ideally at an accessible price point and mm-hmm doesn't compromise on flavour, texture, taste and kind of enjoyment of snacks. I think when we first started it, it was all about like when someone picks up a snack, it's like because they that little moment for themselves of just in, in enjoyment. right? Yeah, so we true, like, actually. In, in order to kind of really focus on that and, and keep that alive, we sort of try where, like, as, poss- as hard as we possibly can to sort of make sure that they're always as delicious and, and, and also nutritious. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a... 
at the core, and that's sort of us in a nutshell. We've we've got a range of savoury snack bars, um, which focus around plant protein, high fibre, and obviously low sugar. Mm-hmm. Currently, we've got a, a classic smoky barbecue. We've got a spicy chilli sriracha and a black olive and nori seaweed. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, a little bit about me. I I, I went to uni, uh, Chichester University. I studied musical theatre, okay. which is like a really rogue. Um, at the time, I was like, oh, I really want to go into theatre, really enjoy yeah. theatre and, and acting, et cetera, et cetera. And just kind of ha- halfway through, I was focusing on setting up like student nights. And mm-hmm. there, there was a on, on a Sunday, everyone was just kind of getting drunk in their halls. And I was yeah. like, why is there, why is no one like getting facilitating out. something to do in the union? Yeah. So I like, went to the student union and was like, can we run a, a night on a Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that snowballed and I ended up spending more time on that than I did my actual degree so oh, I like, no. <laughs> this is it's that kind of like quite cheesy classic like student student nightlife mm-hmm. event etc etc but so it gravitated towards wanting to do that and I think I was quite lucky because at the time it was a campus-based uni so mm-hmm. we could kind of everything you like everything was there so it wasn't mm-hmm. like we needed to do loads of like at the time like loads of digital ads or like trying to pull people in it was literally like so clear that the demand was there because people yeah. were just kind of partying in their halls and it yeah. was like well this is this is great let's do something let's so, do it. so yeah. it kind of was was a really fun way into sort of just having access to a market at the time like now I look back I'm like and I explain it in a way that's like access to a market and then we can facilitate it but at yeah. the time it was like there's loads of drunk students let's get them let's get them like, <laughs> yeah. try and make some money like it wasn't it wasn't quite as like thought out as no as 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 I'm explaining it but yeah so that kind of was gave me that sort of excitement around creating a brand or, or mm. I said brand like at the time we called ourselves H&H and it was because my name's Harry and the guy that did it with me was called Harley so it was yeah. like the creative process didn't go very deep it was just, it <laughs> was just H&H yeah. um, and just loved it yeah so so when I finished there I kind of realised that that musical theatre wasn't for me and sort of was like a little bit lost to be honest was like, mm. I don't really know what I want to do but I know that I at some point when I set up a business but I want mm. to get a bit of experience prior to that and yeah I interviewed for a role at Causeland Press, which is a soft drinks company. Yeah. And got the job there and like just thoroughly enjoyed it. Like joined mm. at the time where the brand was launching with sparkling cans. So they have their sparkling rhubarb, they have yeah, their apple and elderflower and all that jazz. And so so I joined when there was maybe like six or seven people in the team. Mm. And it was for the launch of the cans. And I got there on my first day and my boss was like here's a rucksack full of cans. Like, they didn't even have an office at the time. They was like, here's a rucksack full of cans. Like, just go out and sell into London. Wow. I mean, that's that daunting. Like, yeah, it was, but it was also, like, the coolest thing because it was into, like, independent coffee shops, mm-hmm. in, like, doing, like, demos in Whole Foods and Planet Organic and, like, just gave me a really basic grounding of, like, food and drink is is, is moving boxes profitably, right? Yeah. Like, when you take... I mean, it's not that, but when you take everything else away... Yeah. Everything else is just as important, but it kind of me walking into a shop and, and getting them to try it, talking about the brand, speaking about how, like, the, the movement on soft drinks and how how exciting it was and the kind of evolution from, like, Coca-Cola and Pepsi mm. and all that jazz. And getting someone to... Like, I remember going in and it was my one of the first stores I went into was, was a corner shop in Soho mm. and sold a case of, of sparkling apple juice, which now looking back, I'm like... I sort of went, like, went through that whole process of going to university and I was like, I now technically sell seeds for a living. Or like, <laughs> at the time, I was technically selling apples for a living, right? Yeah. Which is amazing. But but the um, 
and and so sold my first case in there and just got like a buzz. It's was the best like feeling in the world. Like just addicted. And yeah. then you go back in once they've ordered it through a wholesaler and you're like, you, you, I remember going back into the store and being like, I put that on that shelf. Yeah. Like that, like, and I don't know what it was like. There was it was just like a huge buzz at the time. Yeah. So anyway, like was really lucky that Cause and Press was like grew at the speed of light and mm. had like a really cool management team. So our marketing director at the time was ex. Uh, Green and Black's chocolate. Oh, cool! And also was at the time marketing director for Pret a Manger. So, oh wow, was just like really able to like learn and like soak up, yeah. just be a sponge and just learn from from these guys who'd kind That's of been really there good. and done it, which was great. And I think was just really lucky to have had the opportunity to essentially kind of fast track what I would have learned at a bigger business, mm. but just kind of done. Sort of, I, I was there six years, and I think. I, like had had I been in a slightly more corporate it would have just been very sales focused yeah whereas what I was able to you had access to like your your oaths which they called it at the time like ops and finance team okay your marketing team and you'd you'd sit in meetings and some of these guys like Mark Palmer would come in and he'd do an update on the marketing strategy and you're like wow this is amazing right yeah the bloke from Pret-a-Manger the guy like mastermind behind green and blacks and you're like wow okay I get the opportunity to like you, you, like you couldn't you couldn't pay to to to, to learn this stuff right no. and this was a job I was being paid to be there so yeah. it's like it was like really really lucky and just kind of fortunate timing and so mm. right place right time really and and then yeah grew grew with that business had multiple different roles as the business grew and the teams grew and mm. and then left the sugar tax came in and what was really interesting about that is it just kind of showed like what was happening in the wider market and I think yeah. like even now to this day it's like the, the the government taxing soft drinks is possibly the most ridiculous thing in the world because it's it's the lowest hanging fruit right you're like yeah. you're an idiot if you don't know that soft drinks like you shouldn't be drinking five soft drinks a day right yeah, so it's like, like the educational piece was like kind of not really there it's like let's just tax it but yeah but um but what that allowed me to do was like the business kind of had to remove the added sugar that was in there and mm-hmm. replace it with apple juice which obviously like increase the cost of goods and like so all of this stuff that I was just kind of again sponging like just learning from these guys Mm. and being like wow okay this is really interesting and then going on having to put cost price increases through to retailers and like all that sort of jazz and then it just got me thinking about the wider wider market and like Mm. okay look if the government's taxing soft drinks where where else is this going to go they're going to be they're going to start like rightly so taxing mm. other things and introducing other regulations around food and drink because fundamentally the food and drink landscape like there is so much crap in products that, yeah. that just doesn't that the consumer the everyday consumer doesn't, doesn't even look at the back of the no. pack because it's like this is delicious right yeah yeah and and that kind of goes back to my point earlier about like making sure that 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 the nutritional side of things also tastes good because in yeah. order to get consumers to come back and buy again, it's got to taste nice. Exactly. Right? So, lost my train of thought. So, yeah, there and then and then I was like, where where else is this going to kind of be affected in the mm. food landscape? And going back to that sort of original university like night nightlife, whatever that was, it wasn't a yeah. society, but yeah, and um, was like, I, I really want to do something was hooked on food and drink mm-hmm. kind of had six years now under my belt of like just learning and set different roles and like by no means knew what I was doing at all but I was mm-hmm. like I want to I want to feel like I'm ready enough to at least kind of jump and hope for a soft landing and, yeah and, and yeah see yeah where we go absolutely um 
Best way to do it, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so I started looking, and I remember, like, really clearly going into Whole Foods and picking up loads of different snacks. And, like, what really attracted me to, to the category was, like, I, in Whole Foods, I'm sure you've been in, like, you mm. just see this wall of, like, snack bars. Yeah. And you're like, like every, everyone is saying exactly the same thing in different coloured branding, but yeah. kind of looks the same, yeah. kind of has the same nutritionals. And I remember taking them home, like unwrapping them all, putting them on the chopping board, chopping them all up, like mix them all around and start eating them. And I was like, I cannot tell you which one is so which, interesting. right? Because yeah. you've got... And the, the, these bars, like, I'm not one to, to ever slag off another brand. I think no. they all have their purpose. Yeah. But fundamentally, they've evolved from like a Mars bar or a Snickers. Right? Yeah, yeah. And now, and I remember listening uh, way back when we first kind of, like in this process of going into Whole Foods, I listened to a podcast um name will come to me but it was with like, the founder of lara bar okay and she was talking about and obviously she's she's american and she mm. was talking about how like they put everything in a cuisinart and like mixed it up and yeah blah, blah, blah. and i was like wow okay this is exactly what naked bar have done and this is exactly yeah. what like nibble have done and what loads mm. of other brands out there have done is yeah. kind of just get nuts and fruit blend them all together and put it in and a add bar. some date paste and just kind of make it into a bar <laughs> yeah and I was like what it's so, like fair play but then when you read the nutritionals you're like mm, this isn't mm, actually that good for you yeah like, 100% the of sugar, like I mean I think in in some in some products there's more sugar than a Mars bar like you're better Absolutely. off eating a Mars bar yeah and I know a lot of people are like oh yeah but they're good sugars it's like yes they might be but I always talk about like the hidden sugar yeah and there is so much hidden sugar in a snack bar which I think I mean, if you need that, pick me up, fine. But I think there are so many other better ways of getting a snack yeah. in, which is where you guys come in, where the whole savoury thing. The, the thing that really struck me was like, it was that there's no, there was no um, education. Well, there was no like obvious, like we have X amount of sugar in it. Mm. It was always kind of like naked. When you read naked, you're like, oh, that's going to be good for me because yeah. the name is there. And we were like, okay, so how do we, how do we reduce the amount of sugar? And no one was doing a savoury bar. There was kind of like a bit of a process in between that, but we were like, in in short, how do we create a snack bar that's genuinely good that tastes really nice? Mm. And that's kind of where the the sort of idea came from, really. And, that, and then definitely sort of a couple of years of like research at work, and then also whilst I was still at Causeden, and then also um, like development chefs and mm. finding manufacturers and all that sort of jazz. And then we finally got to that point, and then launched into Planet Organic in December 2019. Which, wow. as we spoke about before, was like possibly yeah. the worst time to launch an impulse. Oh my product god! Offering, you know right? what? I actually think, and I can now say this from experience as well. I don't think a launch date matters in the end because no. I think that it you don't actually start learning until that product actually goes out there. Because I thought, oh my god, this launch date is so important. Like I honestly prepared for like a massive influx of orders on the day that I launched, yeah. and it did not. You know, yeah, get out yeah, of my yeah. expectation yeah. Like, oh. and you learn so much after yeah. that product goes out there that I think yeah I think probably in the end gave you the time in, lo- yeah, in lockdown to then give 100%. you okay it's out there now let's see how it's moving okay yeah. like you can actually make so many more changes yeah, or amendments 100%. Or... and I think that that is one of the biggest learning curves I've had as well it's actually mm. like what that you just have to learn from the market mm. and I think people like people out there that aren't willing to learn and that was me to be honest with you for the first six months I was mm. like I know what I'm talking about no 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 we've done loads of work on it it's savoury it's fine no one's doing it it's going to fly yeah and then when you're like oh actually like there's a key 
there's a key problem here like mm. the, the, we're talking all about taste and how amazing it is and we got a lot of feedback very early doors and disclaimer products is very different do buy us from the greedy vegan yes but please it do is, uh, <laughs> it is um like a very different product now but at the time the product wasn't that nice and we were yeah. getting this feedback and like now my sort of mantra to life not just for business it's like pivoting is key to life right? yeah you're like definitely it's like, it's like everything it's like if, you do, if, you do, if you're doing a job that you don't enjoy and you have an opportunity to change that now I'm not saying I'm like everybody has the opportunity to change that yeah. but it, if you do it's like okay find something that you like and yeah absolutely do, do more of that absolutely and yeah and definitely I mean I want to touch on this in a minute about the whole the changes that you made because I think you made a massive massive change but before I do I also want to ask you a question on the flavors yeah. so your flavors are very niche how did you come up with these flavors and what was the process because black olive and nori I mean wow what a combination (laughs) so yeah explain explain that it's such a funny one actually because I think like originally we wanted to do not only savory but we wanted to do something different and something exciting so we worked with a chef to start with because I was like can we get flavors like you go to a manufacturer Mm -hmm. and you like a lot of the time not with savory because it, it like no one was doing it but with sweet bars you can literally go to a manufacturer and they open up like a menu no and they're like this is what we've got yeah like you can tweak it if you want yeah but this is fundamentally what it is and these are the flavor profiles from the seasonings or from the from the chocolate that we use or whatever it is yeah and then you just wrap it in your own branding, right? Wow, so it's yeah. quite, it's like... Standard. So I yeah. was like, and, and we'd been to a couple of meetings and I'd, I'd seen these like people showing us and I was just like, this is just not what we want to do. We want to do something different. So yeah, yeah work with a chef. And I remember we worked with a chef called Jordan Burke, who mm-hmm. like, he's not like, he's, he's a great guy. He's not like some sort of massive famous chef. Obviously no. we couldn't, couldn't afford it at the time, but, no. but a really good guy and a really, really good chef and I'd been introduced to him and I remember it really clearly actually he was in America I sent him an email and was like I've got this idea of a savory snack bar would love to work with you on the development process how does this how would this sort of work how do you think this will this will come about and he was like hold that thought I'm currently in America if I'm completely honest I'm really busy at the moment haven't got that much time Mm -hmm. give me a week and I'll come back to you and then he emailed me back like three days later and he'd basically driven from San Francisco down to LA and had stopped Mm. off and done some work and done gone into like loads of health food stores and he just and he emailed me back and was like let's do it because I've just been into every health food store and there are no savory bars and the market clearly needs this so like oh my god amazing that's a really good like bit of feedback to get as well it, it was um yeah, so it was really exciting. We're kind of like buzzing at the time. And yeah, so work with him on the, on the flavor profiles. Originally, he came up with a sun-dried tomato and herb, which we launched into Planet Organic and have since delisted because the sugar content, like, it was still a lot lower than the bars, but we were like, if that's if that's our thing, yeah, it, there's too much sugar in here yeah. from the tomato. So sun-dried like, tomato is, hold, yeah. Hold that thought because there might be something yeah. coming back in, in a kind of slightly reformulated way, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. But yeah, and then and then he also came up with a black olive and nori seaweed. And the kind of brief to him was like, we want to bring on-trend ingredients in a new way of eating them. Yeah, so, so good. So you kind of have like itsu seaweed thins and all that Definitely. stuff. Definitely. Which I love. My brother yeah. works for itsu, so big, big shout out to, to Oh yeah, to, itsu's to the bad. Itsu thins. But we were like, how do we create something salty, flavoursome, 
but also on the other end of the spectrum we don't want to be like loading this with salt so it's actually like just as bad as sugar yeah yeah. and we like actually found that playing around with your kind of the the depth of flavor that an olive brings and mm. the kind of saltiness that seaweed brings without having to put loads of added salt in yeah just kind of measured up really well yeah like and it wasn't and it's funny right because the, the my backstory of wanting to start a business is not like I'm sure a lot of other foodie founders that you've interviewed I know Stu where he's just like in his yeah. kitchen working all out and now yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's not me like nobody <laughs> wants to eat anything that I've made so, <laughs> that's <laughs> so, fascinating so, though, like, actually that's so true and like, I that think, is fascinating. Yeah. so it's, it's a slightly different way of kind of attacking it yeah knowing that again we still want to keep on that foodie vibe so you have to kind of start in that, mm. that kitchen process yeah that is amazing that's really good I think what you you always keep using the phrase uh nutritious and delicious and I think that these are two really key words that people need to think about more because I think people often try and go for the delicious Mm. and then they end up it really isn't nutritious like if you just look at the packaging or you get the other extreme where people just go want to be nutritious and they end up eating things that are really really bland so I think the combination of those two things is so powerful and Yeah, I think, I mean, one of Greedy Vegan's main things is also being savoury because being plant-based myself, I know I was speaking to you about this earlier, I think plant-based consumers eat a lot of sugar without realising. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to have a yogurt. Oh, look at the back, five grams of sugar. Oh, I'm going to have, like, pick me up. I'm going to have, I'm not getting enough protein, protein ball, protein bars. Yeah. And, like, you're just piling in the sugar without even realising. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's a massive gap for what you guys bring. So oh, I think, that's really sweet. Yeah, I think that is really, really good. Um, so... Going back to your lockdown feedback and your shift in product. I mean, talk about, I mean, that's quite a scary thing to go through. I mean, when you launch something, you're so keen, you're so proud of it. You're so, you believe in it. Yeah. And then having to change a product like that is so hard. So how long did it take you to realize you had to do it? And also... I know Dragon's Den was kind of looming at this time, yeah. which, I mean, this is the most bravest thing I've ever heard. Like, Dragon's Den in itself is extremely scary, let alone going there with a product that you might be changing. So, yeah, talk about this change. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, like, it was the most eye-opening but also humbling experience of, like, of mm-hmm. life so far, which was, like... Which was amazing and, and led to that kind of pivoting is is power or like I mean mm. that sounds really like corporate and so cheesy, true but like, though, yeah. And I think I think for us it was just like essentially death by a thousand paper cuts. Because mm. when you set something up and you you know this, like you, you you've got all the naysayers and in fairness I had like a really good support network around me who were like, do it mm. and go and do it. But then you've also got people that are like, Oh, bars really, especially like yeah. coming from an industry background where you've got people that have kind of their industry lifers, but they've always worked for someone else. Mm-hmm. So like they, they know their trade, they know the food and drink, but they have no idea what it's like to really set up a business. Yeah. But so you've got a lot of people there who are like, bar is quite a crowded category, isn't it? It's like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, like, name like, any category. Exactly. That isn't yeah. But so, so you kind of grow up with that. I say grow up, like you kind of, learn through your journey like who your key pillars of influence are Mm -hmm. and who you listen to yeah and the rest of the people you're like like we still have people coming up now being like oh like the sriracha is really good have you thought about maybe like 
like dialing up the spice a little bit. But then someone else yeah. comes over and it's like, oh, this spice is amazing. And someone else is like, oh, it's a bit spicy. Could you like? So you kind of yeah. like, if you were to listen to everyone, you'd be you like... You would not know be, what to do with yourself. Yeah, you'd yeah. be <laughs> around all the time, right? Yeah. So you kind of take, sometimes you take it with a pinch of salt or people come up and they're like, I don't really like it. And you're like, oh, why? And it's like, oh, because I don't like barbecue. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, so why don't you fine. try the other one then? So you kind of take, take bits with a pinch of salt. Yeah. But then... At the time, yeah, so we launched the Plant Organic. I was like buzzing, wasn't particularly product focused, having a sales background mm-hmm. was just kind of like, manufacturer's done it, give it to me, yeah. sell it. Tick box, like, on really the excited, next. off we go. Yeah. And then I remember being in, in, in Whole Food sampling and you had like, sorry, in Plant Organic at the time sampling, and you have, you get loads of people who are like, why are you saying our business is really exciting? Mm. Can I try it? Can I try it? And they give you feedback. And it's like, wow, it's amazing. Mm. And you're like, fundamentally, they're just lying to you because yeah. they're like, they don't want to, it's, it's, it's such a weird dynamic because like we would, you're much better off being like, that's not right. Don't mm. launch that, change yeah. it. Then being like, wow, that's amazing. And you get like this little like ego inflation for like yeah. 20 seconds of like, like endorphin rush or whatever it is. Yeah. rush That like, gets you that kind of, wow, yeah, okay, they this love is great, it. we're going to yeah. be great. And then you're like, well, it's not. So why didn't you, if you just told me that in the first I place. I know, yeah. But, so, yeah, so I remember we're sampling and people came over and it was the first time for us where it was like, you could really see people going, oh, yeah, it's really nice, and then walking off. Okay. And then you'd get a couple of people who still to this day are, are diehard Savers fans. And I like, yeah. love it. And they're like... I'm going to buy this because I really want to help you and I know it's your first day. Like, these people yeah, that we didn't know, yeah. they're like, I'm going to buy this, but I honestly don't think I would eat this on a regular basis. Have you thought about maybe introducing blah, 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 blah? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, right, I'm going to listen to you because yeah. you're really supportive and really helpful here. Yeah. But what was really interesting is we had more people coming up being like, that's great, and then walking off and not buying it. Yeah. And that 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 moment where you're like, anybody listening that like is trying to get feedback on a business like I cannot stress it enough like try and add some form of commercial part into mm. the the process and not just like would you pay one pound for this because it's like yes like, yeah yeah it yeah. means nothing whereas that was like for us the first moment where it's like do people like it enough to spend one pound sixty one pound seventy on this yeah, yeah 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 and overwhelmingly the feedback was no at the time it was like Sorry. No, you can start on here. It's fine. Um, I was like, wow, I don't know whether, I don't really know what to think. This mm. is kind of like, I've, I've, by this point, I quit my job. Yeah. Like, we had an intern who now has, he still works for us now, but he at the time was, was an intern. Mm-hmm. And we also had at the time a co founder who we were kind of butting heads anyway and sort of oh, falling okay. out. There's another story there, but another time. Um, and. Yeah, it was just like this really interesting learning curve. And mm. it was kind of like, th- to be honest with you, like, I mean, the pandemic was horrific on so many levels. But for us, it, it like, we it was it was an, it was a moment to be able to kind of like hibernate and sort of reassess what yeah. we were doing. And the manufacturers that we were working with, and it's so tough in food and drink because in order to scale, you need a manufacturer. But in order to get a manufacturer, you need scale. 100%. So we, in the air yeah. all the time. And so mm. we started with this like really naff manufacturer that just allowed us to get to where you the, needed the to. product on shelf. So yeah. I knew we were going to change it. But at the time, I was like emailing manufacturers and they were like, no, sorry. So like they'd be like, not until groceries interested. So I'd then go to Sainsbury's and be like, are you interested in the concept? They'd be like, yeah, yeah, the concept sounds great. 
and I'd then get that email and doctor it and be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to buy the same race. Yeah. And then send it to a manufacturer just to get a meeting. Right? Yeah, so it's yeah. Like really quite tricky. But anyway, what it allowed us to do was just step back and be like, okay, we need to change this. Mm. And now, now, now I'm talking about it, it's like, it's really easy. You just change it. But at the time, it's gut-wrenching, right? 100%. Like, it's like everything, everything you've worked on, you've got to then change. Yeah. So what, I mean, maybe you can, can't say this, maybe you can. What did you change? So what was the product then and what's the product now? So we changed now? everything. To be honest with you, like originally it was oats. Oh, okay. And it was like tomato puree and we had black olives and nori seaweed. And um, we used gluten-free oats and then we, we sort of made, basically what at the time we were trying to make a savoury snack bar, but make it like a sweet bar. Okay, Do yeah. Do you see what I mean? Same so, like, process and consistency. Would be the same. And obviously that just doesn't work. Because no. the, the, the the naked bars and all that lot, they're essentially like almost kind of cookie dough. Yeah, right? yeah. So, it, like, a lot of the feedback we'd get was, oh, the flavour's quite nice, but that texture's really weird because it's... Okay, the, yeah. It's you're imagining you're something get sweet, sweet but you're not. Mm-hmm. With savoury, you get more of a, like, a bite. Even something mm. like bread is like a totally different texture to, yeah. to a naked bar, right? Mm. And so, anyway, like, Death by a Thousand Paper Cuts, this kind of, like... Buried my head in the sand for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then COVID came in. Then we had that kind of like, oh my word moment. Like, what on earth is going on? Like, it was lucky, but our intern at the time had then, I'd given a full-time role by the time COVID came in. Mm-hmm. So we were able to furlough him and literally just go back to kind of scratch. Back to scratch, yeah. Contacting manufacturers again, like what's going on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, so so what we, we then got to a point where we were like, let's, and the, the process of kind of change it happened to be honest about three times Mm -hmm. to where we are now um and we were like just analyzed all of the feedback on mass not Mm. on like kind of deirdre that's told us it's a bit too spicy yeah yeah yeah. but like on mass and we're like okay this is the texture like and at the time i was like oh it'd be fine we just increase tomato puree or yeah i think you can do little bits and bobs little tweaks and then you're like no we've got to go back if we're gonna do it let's just do it properly Yeah. yeah so we then engaged uh an agency called taste head Mm-hmm. who were just starting out as well, who I'd worked with, Micah, who's one of the directors there, previously at Courts and Press. He was the head of taste. Oh, so uh, cool. So then we got them in, and, and they changed the recipe for us um, dramatically. So we moved from, like, oats to then we started using ancient grains and, and mm. sunflower seeds and finding finding a way to get the texture to a point that people go, oh, that's really delicious. Yeah. And, but also... That they, they can't liken it to a naked bar. It has to be now completely And it different. is completely different. Yeah. You're getting that crunch. You're getting that. And also, what I like with these bars is if you're not a snacker, like if you don't ha- eat between meals, you can add these to your yeah. di- meals now. Yeah, like you can yeah. crumble it and put it on a salad. Yeah, or you absolutely. can, And you've got your protein because you've got the, the seeds, the sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds. Yeah. You've got all the nutritional like yeah. values. Absolutely. So that's quite, it's quite diverse yeah. now. Absolutely. And I think that... that that is also what I love about the current product is mm. we can kind of take it anywhere. Like yeah. I spoke to you previously about like some MPD that we're launching, but there's, there's to be honest, there's kind of like four or five projects in the pipeline. Mm. One of them is completely different to the bars. The other is like basically exactly the same ingredient, just in different pack formats. Mm. So to your point about like adding it to stuff like we will for sure have a salad topper at some point yeah on the brand and like maybe some croutons and like there's yeah, kind of places really that we can cool. take it but yeah that's that, really that exciting are, are akin to savory and kind of 
bring more of an extension to the brand, which which I'm really excited about. Yeah. But yeah. We we fundamentally it was like you either change this or your business folds. Yeah, definitely. If you're not getting repeat purchase, I mean, I'm sure you see it now. Like one of yeah. our key metrics with Chloe, who who works for me, I don't know why I'm pointing over there, <laughs> but with Chloe, who who like obviously on Amazon and online, it's all about that top line growth and where, mm. where we're growing but really what we're both really interested in is is who's coming back who's yeah. buying it again what, mm. and let's target them because yeah. those are your die hard fans exactly and the people that are kind of buying one off and maybe it's not for them it's like they're great let's work on them into the yeah. community let's get them involved but definitely to really see where we're at is like someone spending 18 quid 19 quid on amazon buying 12 of them yeah and then like we now have people who buy them like three times a month yeah, that's, and that's really when good you're to like, see. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, but and then you go back to the original Planet Organic, and you're asking people to pay one pound sixty, one pound seventy for one singular bar. Yeah, and it's like just wasn't happening. So no. you kind of like that that process of 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 evolution and and kind of mm. product development, I guess, is definitely and and it taught me like loads of things having having come from Causton. And again, you get a lot of foodie founders that have come from the city or they've come from like mm. other backgrounds, yeah, true. never worked in food and drink. And they, they plough in. I think for me, the experience was amazing, but also what it lacked was like, as a sales team member, marketing and an MPD and ops and finance sort out your product development. Yeah. You're given a product and you go and sell it. Yeah. And that's what at the beginning was like, so, but yeah. enough, like it's food and drink, right? The pro- mm. It has to be. Has to be the, yeah. And I just kind of lost my way a little bit on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so we got it back, but, but yeah, like emotionally at the time, of course it's going to, it's hard. Like, yeah, it is so hard. And then alongside that, you got approached by Dragon's Day and you're going to go on one of the scariest programs <laughs> ever um, in front of the dragons and you're going to pitch with the product that you're about to change. So talk about the Dragon's Den experience. How did you get approached by them? And how was, I mean, obviously we saw about five minutes, but how was it from, from your point of view? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, the whole experience was really cool. And mm. like the kind of, in a musical theatre child of me yeah. came out and I walked into that room and there were loads of cameras and I was like <laughs> but they loved you yeah. oh, they loved you sweet. so like I, I guess regardless of the product like the brand came across so well I mean Deborah was like oh like really really when I was watching it I was like oh my gosh she's really keen and also oh. I think she would still be keen now yeah. like I'd be really interested in, to see what she thinks of the new the think, new yeah. product but like there's some exciting conversations there but I think the yeah, so, so we approached at the beginning, um, go through the whole rigmarole of like, I mean, it's it's BBC, right? So the due diligence is just nuts. Mm. And as a small brand, you're like, we were on trial in Sainsbury's at this point. And this kind of goes back to my point a little bit about like the sales background. It's like, we had a product that I knew wasn't right, mm. that I knew consumers didn't really like, yet we'd convinced Sainsbury's to put on the shelf. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you just kind of, it just wasn't really sort of matching up. Yeah. Anyway, so go, go like, get approached, like, about six months of due diligence, back and forth. Everything you say in the den obviously has, like, like, BBC aren't going to take any liability for anything, so it has no. to be right. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff like, you okay, you're telling me you're stuck with Sainsbury's, prove it. Have you got a contract? But obviously, as like a challenger brand, like Sainsbury's don't give you a contract. They no. buy the product, and if they like it, then, they buy more of it. Yeah. But the big corporates, obviously, they put contracts in place and, and proper okay, business yeah. plans and all that sort of stuff. But for us, it wasn't that at all. Anyway, so stuff like that, where you just sort of, back, sorry, excuse me, backwards and forwards on email and mm-hmm. sorting out all the due diligence. And then 
it's filmed about eight months, almost not the whole process from like when we were approached to when it was aired was like it aired on the Thursday, and then on the Friday was like the year was the year anniversary for when they first got in touch. Okay, so wow. that whole thing is like a year, yeah, and it's filmed eight sort of seven or eight months before it goes out okay um but yeah I mean it was an amazing experience I mean like we we kind of we, we went in knowing that the product wasn't quite right because mm. at this point for the den like that wasn't so we had the first OT product then we changed it again with the seeds and ancient grains and then we moved manufacturers again and each time it's come on to now where we are and I think we'll carry on okay developing it like mm. i love where we are i love the product it's it's selling well it's moving well people like it but we'll always kind of want to try and improve it a little yeah. bit little tweaks here and there i guess you're the first in your category as well so you are the first ones to experiment with these new yeah new concepts so that, that's what's really tough as well because you can't you can't liken it to anything else on no the so it's but but yeah so driving up there and i remember at the time like trying to convince myself it'll be fine the product's mm. fine it's fine and obviously it's not right you get what yeah. you're like <laughs> And it was, but what was amazing is, is Deborah kind of validated our concept for us, which yeah. is great. So it was like, that was amazing. And then you're in there for like two hours. God, I mean, I mean that is a long time. Mm. Like I would be, that's quite stressful. It is, it, it's also bizarre because in any other investment raise, like we haven't done loads of rounds, but we've done, we did like our original investment raise and then we did a top up round mm-hmm. and every Obviously, every time you raise money, like you have a full deck, you have your numbers, you have your five-year PL, you have your aspirations, where mm. you want the business to go to, and you send it to your investors pre-meeting. They mm. read through it, then they ask you questions about it, then you go through the due diligence process, and they ask you more questions, then it's fine, and then the money comes in. But with this, it's like they don't see anything. Like what you see is what you get on the den. Like they yeah. literally don't see anything until, even to the point where you can hear them talking about, like the props. Like I say props, like where the product sits. Yeah. And it's shown on TV, like that's all covered. So when you're when you're in the lift, yeah, you can hit when you're the other side of, of before you go into in. the den, you can hear them speaking like someone someone comes on and like takes reveals away it. and reveals it. So you can hear them speaking about like, oh, what's this gonna be? Yeah, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. <gasps> Gosh. Um, which is pretty nuts. Um but yeah, so but obviously with that you don't have any like pre like pre reads, you don't send any numbers through, you don't mm. have any numbers like I like I'm dyslexic, so yeah. for me, I know that I need to work harder at the number side. So yeah. I will always have in any investment meeting my numbers with me on a laptop, and I will be able to refer mm. to it because I would have done the work beforehand. Yeah, so like, this is what I get worried about. I'm like, how do you remember those numbers off the top of your head? I would. It's it's a script, isn't it? It like, is. It really yeah, is. it is. A and script. that's what's really funny about the whole process is like it is real. Everything that happens in the den happens in the den. Like, mm. but it is. I mean, it's TV, right? Yeah. So it kind of, it like, it's sort of bringing the two together. But no, it was great. And I think, you, like, there were some comments that they, that the Dragons made that we would have loved to have been aired. But there were also some comments that I'm really pleased weren't aired. So, okay, like, fine. stuff like Deborah was talking about the branding. And then Stephen Bartlett was like, but I really like the branding. Okay, cool. And then, but then Peter Jones was like, "What? why is there a Black Oliver Norrie seaweed bar? Like, would you do a black olive and nori popcorn like i don't get it like and he okay. just didn't understand it so like yeah it, but it's funny because again if you were to look at your investor set and who you would normally pitch to mm. as the savorists yeah like it, 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 
he's the most amazing man. He's done really well in his career, but yeah. it probably wouldn't be Peter Jones because no. he's got no food background. Yeah. So again, it's that funny kind of like... Yeah, and it goes back to your feedback in general. Like, you're not going to listen to everyone. You're going to listen to those who are your customer base. Exactly. And I get the same thing. I get... I think my grandma's friend contacted me and was like, just on your website, don't understand it. And I thought... I love you but like you're you don't know computers anyway like you're not going to understand a website let alone you know like it's probably taking you half an hour to get to the website (laughs) yeah exactly I was like I'm not gonna listen to your feedback I'm like as much as I really appreciate it like yeah you've got to be picky with who you listen to and I think and that's like that's right right I think there's a lot of people like it goes back to the same as like if I went if I went to to I don't know my wife and said like why are you wearing that dress to work yeah she'd be like well fuck off like, yeah you don't, you don't, like you don't work in corporate environment you've got no idea like my colleagues you've got no idea what anyone else wears and it's yeah. kind of like it's very easy to be a naysayer in life and I think yeah there's 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 so much to be said for that kind of positivity and, and mm. the, the movement of like helping people and yeah. going back to like giving constructive feedback so rather than just like I don't get it it's like why tell me why what, yeah what at what point like the the best I love conversations when people come to me and they're like, I absolutely love your snack bars, but it's X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And have you thought about like yeah, doing X, Y, and Z mm. on, on the opposite? And because then you're like, okay, right, well, I'm now, you're interested enough to have gone and done a bit of research about it and mm. then come and talk to me about how you think it can be improved. Yeah. Rather than just being like, I don't like it. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it, it's just not constructive. No, like, exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah. I think I'm really excited for the save risk because I feel like, firstly, I feel like the market needed it. And also I feel like there's going to be so much adaption and like, there's going to be, there's so much that you can do with it. And people's feedback is just going to, people are learning the same time you are in a way because it's a new product in a yeah. new category yeah, so yeah. i mean their their feedback to it that i think that will change as well i mean their first reaction to a product to one of your products now they have it again they might be like actually i've never had this before and it yeah. actually is really really cool and i actually yeah. really love like the crunchy bit and this and that and the other it's, it's funny like you look at some of our amazon reviews and there's a guy on there who now is one of our regular customers mm. and his first review was like tried the first bar was really disappointed that I spent all this money on 12 bars oh. <laughs> and then he's like second line he's like just eating my 12th bar absolutely bloody love them no so way. like it's that like again it's <laughs> that kind amazing. of evolution process of like because you do have to get your brain around it like mm. it is savory like we have guys out sampling well, you met Jack didn't you when, yeah, when, yeah. when you were in sampling and people come up and they're like it's like oh it's a savory snack bar you give them a spiel and then they try it and they're like oh it's savoury, isn't it? And you're like, I've literally That's what I just said spoken. that. <laughs> so, like, you kind of have to get, like, that one... Because it's something new, like, consumers... I say new as if it's like a rocket ship going to the space. <laughs> like, it's not, right? But because it's something that consumer palettes won't necessarily have had before, it's... Yeah, it just, take, it just takes a bit of time to get, yeah. to get around it. But I think that, that takes us back to a point that you mentioned earlier about, like, like nutrition, the difference between kind of nutrition and and good tasting food yeah it's like if you make it taste nice and people end up liking it like you can you can blend the two mm, absolutely and i also think there's a lot of regulations coming in now around hfss which is like high fat salt sugar and the, the, yeah. the government legislations around that banning promotions and all that such as i think mm. the younger generation are going to and probably people who are at school now i would mm-hmm. imagine maybe even younger than that when i say yeah. younger generation like they're going to grow up 
on nutritional products that taste good. Yeah. So like they, they there's not going to be any substitute for them. They're not no. going to be at the moment. What we battle with is you've got people that have eaten Mars bars for fifty years. Yeah, yeah. And so no matter how delicious you make it, it's still not, never going to be a Mars bar, right? No. I mean, it's crazy that like that just seems like common sense, doesn't it? Nutritious food yeah. that's really tasty. Yeah, like yeah, it's crazy. that's like well, yeah, we should all be on that. But yeah. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it is so crazy. I feel like I could talk about this for forever and ever and ever because <laughs> I'm so interested in the whole thing. But I'm going to have to finish with my last final question. Yep. Again, I ask this for everyone. It's just, I love, it's one of my favorite questions. What would your last meal be? Oh. So starter, main course, dessert. Oh my word. Um, starter would most probably be bit of smoked salmon nice yeah yeah smoked salmon on, on, on some bread i think yeah nice and then oh what would it ooh, probably i want to say like spaghetti bolognese that's a good one but it's not plant-based but no spaghetti that's bolognese. fine yeah um and then i think some sort of sorbet oh yeah that's a different like one because I'm, I'm not really like a and not, not a just sweet person. Of the <laughs> <laughs> Always on brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do. I'm a fiend for sticky toffee pudding, but yeah, I think I just I yeah I love love a sorbet after. Yeah, and a bit of a light one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. No, I mean, thank you for having thank me. you for bringing this product to the world as well. I mean, if anyone listening hasn't tried it, try it. It will change your world. <laughs> oh, it's such a good one for any occasion. Have it in your bag whenever you need a little pick me up, and you won't get that little sugar slump that you tend to get with a normal snack bar. So I think they're so great. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, and I cannot wait to see the savers evolve into yeah other products Amazing. really exciting thank you so much for having me on and for, for stocking the savers on the green vegan it's oh you're really so very welcome